Welcome into the Siouxland Sports Insider High School Postseason Football Podcast. And we are talking semifinal action here this week. Uh, we'd like to thank our, our sponsors up front, United Bank of Iowa and Moville. Uh, thank you very much for your sponsorship uh, for our coverage in Cedar Falls. Uh, we'd also like to thank uh, Cedar Falls, uh, the other place, great pizza place over there. Check it out. Uh, we'll be announcing our uh, podcast time uh, over there. Feel free to join us. Anybody that's traveling in from many of our area teams, uh, love to meet you and uh, have a nice football conversation. Um, and uh, last but not least, uh, Bob Rose and Terry and every, all the good things her and Bob do for us. Uh, Bob Rose Point After, North End Zone, and West Side Pizza. And uh, Mitch, we, uh, we've got our first final in from Cedar Falls. Uh, eight-man football, um, actually two finals in. Uh, there was a game earlier this afternoon. The one that we were paying attention to uh, was our friends at Rims and St. Mary's. And they, they do stay undefeated. Uh, they win a game against a very physical Lennox team. 20-42 uh, to 42, uh, was the final in that contest. And, you know, we, we saw in, in the first game in eight-man, it was very defensive for, for most of the game. And some points kind of trickled away late. Uh, in this one, it was fireworks early. Then a little bit of a of an identity where the defense is kind of settled in, and then offense late. Uh, I think within the two, uh, within 24 seconds of the game, there was already uh, 14 points on the board for both yeah. teams. Remsen scored on their first, first play on offense, play. and then Lions scored on their first play on offense. So uh, we we kind of figured. I kind of sat back in my chair and was like, all right, we're about to watch an an absolute explosion. Um, just two years ago, the, the highest scored football game in the state of Iowa happened at the Dome in eight-man football, and I believe both teams scored right at 100 or over 100. So, um, you know, anything can happen in eight-man football. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, you, know, you know, Remsen gets, gets the dub, and I think they, you know, they played really well. Uh, a lot of injuries for all sides of the ball in both games. All four teams were pretty banged up. It was very physical, as you expect yeah. the, these matchups to be, and it's only going to get tougher for them, but – uh, you know, I think the, the tone setter uh, and you had a Ortman at quarterback that was able to find his favorite target early, uh, and that would be Ryan Williams – or Willman, excuse me. Yep. And Marty, just talk about his stat line. Not a yeah. ton of catches, but a ton of production. Yeah, extremely good production. Uh, five receptions, 163 yards, and three touchdowns. So um, it wasn't by means of Dinkin and Duncan. These were shots down the field. And uh, he finished it by crossing the goal line there. A um, couple interesting stats, and uh, you you mentioned this. Uh, pretty balanced as far as Lennox had 225 rushing yards. Uh, they had 149 pass yards, 15 first downs. Um, Remsen countered that with 209 yards rushing, uh, 227 passing, and 19 first downs. But you picked out the key here, which which was huge. Uh, was penalties, Mitch. Um, yeah, it, it was the difference in the game. Yeah, and, and when you play eight-man football, you, you know, it's not necessarily how we talk in, in arena football where you're playing a shoebox, but the field's a lot smaller. Yeah. You know, 80-yard field, uh, and then you have to bring a, a goalpost in. The sidelines are uh, shrunken in by the, the hash marks. And uh, when you have 11 penalties for 101 yards like Lennox did – versus Rems and St. Mary's, a very disciplined team that played disciplined football today of only two penalties and 22 yards. 
you know, you you minus the difference, that's an entire length of the football field. Yeah, there's a lot of hidden yardage there that just backfired on them. And, and Lennox did a really good job early in the game. They would be able to get down to the inside the red zone or the gold mm-hmm. zone, as like they like to call it on Central Iowa television. And uh, they got to the inside the red zone, and they weren't able to do anything. I mean, Remsen flexed their muscles, stopped on a couple fourth downs, and um, really made the game go in their favor. I believe at halftime they had a two-touchdown lead and then kind of never uh, wavered from that, had a 10-2 to touchdown lead the entire game, and then extended that uh, late in the, to the fourth quarter when they finally went up the, to the final score of the 42-20. to um, but, you know, it's same old, same old for this Remsen team. Plays extremely good defense. Uh, Jackson Bunkers was all over the field today. Um, you know, he was kind of like a, a Mike guy where he'd be in in some blitzes. Um, and he really created havoc for for a really good mobile quarterback that Lennox has. Um, and they were able to to get the ball downfield. And, you know, Lennox made some plays when, when nothing was, was available. And they made the game close for a long time. But, you know, I think that uh, you know, penalties ended up hurting uh, Lennox and then uh, the uh, the more veteran team ended up winning and that's going to help Remsen you know we, we talked about it the entire playoffs this team has gone to this would be now it's four straight uh, state uh, title game and they won in 2020 mm-hmm. and they want to win another one here in 2022 I think they got a good enough team for it they play a really good Waco team that plays solid solid defense mm-hmm. and it should be an interesting matchup coming up on uh, Thursday 930 kickoff too for that yeah. one so if you do, if you don't set your alarms you're probably going to miss the yeah. first half of action so yeah that's right well looking forward to that one um moving on here um we'll go ahead and check in on class a mitch uh game that we're interested in uh 1 p.m uh tomorrow is uh woodbury central at 11 and 0 taking on grundy center at 11 and 0 so two undefeated teams meet up uh quality athletes on both sides of the football and uh, Mitch had done some really nice scouting reports that he had written up, and those will be on uh, display tomorrow on the website, uh, SiouxlandSportsInsider.com. And uh, Mitch, uh, you did some good research here. Fill folks in on uh, what you learned. So, uh, you know, it's really hard to compare any offense against Woodbury Central's offense just because of how dynamic they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have Drew Clunder who's thrown for over 3,000 yards and has 35 touchdowns through the air, three touchdowns on the ground. Then you have the McGill brothers, one rushing and Max, one receiving and Eric. Mismatches either way you want to see it. Eric's got a little bit more speed to burn. And, uh, you know, we've seen him a lot of times on an island with a corner. I don't yeah. know why people do that because he's mm-hmm. one of the best receivers in, in – a in uh in the state of Iowa and then Max McGill does everything that you want out of a football player offensively and defensively he's he's the leader on the defensive unit with 10 tackles for loss two sacks a fumble and a recovery and interception and then he just runs the ball super hard always puts his nose down and is falling forward for extra yards it's really hard to imitate that um and Grundy Center does a good job on offense but what they keen in on is their defense now, this, this offense rushes for around the same amount of yards, throws for about uh, just shy of uh, 1,300 yards less, but fumble recoveries, seven fumble recoveries and 16 interceptions. Mm. So they give their offense, yeah. you know, Some you look at, the, fields, you look at yeah. these numbers, you're like, man, they don't, they don't really move the ball that well. Mm-hmm. They don't have to when they start short inside fields. their, you know, the 30-yard line every time, and that's what they keen in on, and that's what they keened in on last year. If you think of this matchup sounds familiar, it's, it is because it is what the matchup was last year. Grundy Center eventually fell um, in the championship game last year to West Hancock, who is also 
down at the tournament again. Surprise, surprise. But uh, a lot that you're going to have to learn from. Last year, 28-7 to game, it was close for the first half, and then Grundy Center and their defense really pulled away. Uh, I felt like Woodbury Central made some mistakes, and they really limited Woodbury Central to where they weren't able to throw the ball, Mm -hmm. and they had to try to run it. And then when you try to run down 21 or 14 points even, hard to come back in. But look for this game, as we talked about all year round. Woodbury Central gets out to about a 14-point lead in almost every game they're in. They can get the ball first and drive down the field and get Grundy Center off off balance. You know, seeing a team for the first time in in over a year, it's going to be a little difficult. Even though you study film, if Woodbury Central can get on the board quick and and establish that lead to where Grundy Center now has to play from behind, because Grundy Center can score, but they don't score at the peak that Woodbury Central does. Turn this game into a shootout, take care of the football, and we're going to have a great game. Tomorrow, yeah. 1 o'clock. Should be a dandy. And you kind of alluded to it, but Woodbury Central now, after playing Hartley Melvin Sanborn, uh, plus 80 points uh, versus the opposition in the first quarter. Ridiculous. So they they hit you and they hit you hard early on, build up a lead, um, and they have a solid defense behind them. So uh, very much looking forward to being there tomorrow. Should be a great atmosphere and uh, can't wait for kickoff. Uh, then uh, Friday, uh, moving into 1A action. Uh, we have our friends over at West Sioux, uh, Football City Haywarden, uh, 1 p.m. Uh, Underwood at 11-0 versus number two, West Sioux, at 10-1, and Mitch. And I, I we're, we're seeing a, a matchup of of teams that could easily be both undefeated. West Sioux just had to play an absolute juggernaut in central line, who we'll get to here in a second. Yep. But, uh, you know, I think it's just the, the, the team that is more battle-tested. I think both teams, you know, obviously – make it to the state tournament of it seems about every year we talk about football town and Haywarden mm-hmm. Underwood the, in themselves have a, yeah, a culture no stranger. Yeah. Yeah. to to the dome and you know they they book their their hotel rooms every single year because they expect to be there yeah. and, and as they should they have a, a good senior class and a really good junior class behind them as this West Sioux team did last year uh, you have your junior Maddox Nelson at running back who's rushed for 15 touchdowns and then three through the air. And then um, junior Mason both be through the air, 10 touchdowns through the air. Um, mm-hmm. This team, very, very good at what they're able to do. I don't think they've been tested too much on their schedule um, to where as a team like West Sioux has, uh, you know, in the past, especially the, the game against, you know, Central Lion, I think really – set the tone for this team this year you know you you took a gut punch in the in the the gut early on in the year it's a non-conference game Mm -hmm. you kind of said okay we can sit here with the 1a competition but for where we fare in the state to where we want to be because you want to be playing your best football to where you don't care what classic team comes out of you you're going to line up next to them and you're going to beat them and i think west sue's done that they've gotten better every single week and they've played better competition every single week now you know we're not they're not going to go into this game and win 58 to nothing like we're accustomed to seeing them in the regular season this is going to be a game like western christian like they just had which i think is a great game mm-hmm. uh, for them and a test to to make it to to the dome it was a closer game and then all of a sudden you know you just you blink your eyes and Carter Boltman's running past you. Brady Lynott's running past you. Dylan Wiggins, you know, is, is slinging the ball past you. And then the game switches so fast because this team can score yeah. so quickly. Yep. And I think that's going to be the problem for Underwood is I think it's a close game until about halftime. And then in the second half, it's going to be one big play. 
and I don't know who to Dylan Wiggins to either throwing it to line or running it with Boltman. Yeah. You, you, whoever pick your poison really, mm-hmm. but I think a big play blows it open for West Sioux and they're able to, to move on just because of the, the, everything that they've been through. And they, you know, these seniors have been through it for four years. Well, some of them three, but some of them four years and they, they kind of are accustomed to, to what they need to see. You know, I think they were disappointed with how the season ended last year. And these seniors want to go out with nothing less than a state title. Yeah, it's a familiar stage for them, Mitch. And, uh, you know, they performed well in this environment uh, previously. And uh, they'll be taking on the winner of uh, the 10 o'clock a.m. game, Friday, West Branch, 11-0 versus number one, uh, Van Meter, 10-1. and So, uh, you know, Great lots game to look forward too. to. Yeah, dandy. So, um, will be a lot of fun. Uh, moving on, uh, jump over to Class 2A. Uh, Saturday uh, kick, um, 1 p.m. It's a dandy. It's uh, OABCIG at 10 and 1 versus uh, Central Lion George Little Rock. The Lions uh, check in at 11 and 0. So uh, two really quality teams here and a lot of good athletes on the field uh, there Saturday morning, Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon, excuse me. Yeah, it should be. I mean, if you, if you want to watch a game that's going to be have some athletes on the field and you're, and you're tired of watching – low-scoring Big Ten action or boring offense in, in the Big 12, tune over to this game. This game is going to be absolutely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a team that is extremely pass-heavy uh, compared to its opposition and a team that runs the ball extremely well in Central Lion. I tell you what, we've talked all year. Zach Lutmer is the real yeah, deal. Reese Vanderzee you know, at receiver is – even is, kid's good. Yep, even at running back. But this team just – I mean, they wear you out. They really yeah. do. And yeah. and I think it's going to be what stud on what side can can make more plays. And, you know, sitting here last week, I didn't I, – I thought the outcome might have happened, but I didn't think the way that the outcome happened would have been how it was against OABCIG and Spirit Lake. To blank Spirit Lake at yeah. home yeah. for a chance to go to state. Yeah. Spirit Lake ranked number one. Yep. Or number two, well, number one in the district, were ranked number two or three in the state at the time. For you to go on the road and play a game, not a lot of people are giving you a shot, and you blank them. A yep. team that scored a, a ton of points throughout the year speaks well to that defense. I think they're ready and poised to make a, a statement here. Um, you, the thing that that, that is uh, is Iowa football is usually the four teams that make it are deserving to get there. So you don't have to only have to make a statement on this Saturday. Then you have to make it in the championship game Mm -hmm. uh, in the following. I believe that will be on Friday, be one of the earlier games. But the showdown between Lutmer and DeGene is just going to be, you know, it's all world. Both both guys are deserving to be, you you know, uh, first team all state. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be just a heck of a showdown. I feel like this game could be a very high scoring game. Uh, you know, I know Central Line is going to put up some points. It's going to be his OABCIG able to to match it with him. And I think, you know, that Beckett and company are ready to make a, a statement game. And, you know, who, who knows wins this one. You know, obviously we'll be excited for either one because both of them being yeah. closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, and I, and I will say this, whoever wins this game I think wins the state title for the Class 2A. Yeah, very much uh, could be a possibility there. I uh, I just want to credit the OABCIG coaching staff for the game plan and then the kids for the execution to win at Spirit Lake. It was nuts. Out. I mean, that's, 
that's really a good job. And I know Coach Larry Allen, he's been at it a while, and he has a tremendous staff there with him. So uh, congratulations to the Falcons, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing how things go um, with the Lions there uh, Saturday at 1 p.m. Um, class 4A, uh, Thursday, um, four, there's a 4 p.m. game and 7 p.m. game. Uh, we're targeting the 4 p.m. kick. Uh, it's number five Carlisle at 10 and one versus number three Lewis Central, 11 and 0 Mitch. And uh, they've speaking of uh, Lewis Central, they've taken on all comers this year, and this is a really solid football team. Oh man, they're they're insane. And that we we looked at their matchup earlier in the year when they played Harlan, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, whoever wins this game. You know, I think Harlan's pretty poised to do damage in 3A. We knew that, uh, you know, defending their state title for both teams in 3A and 4A, we're going to have to come out and prove something this year. Um, And I think that Lewis Central has has taken that first step in uh, Class 4A, winning the first ever state title for for them in 4A. And now uh, coming back the second year to try to repeat as champions, I – they have a good shot. I mean, they've they've really put in the the lumber on some of these teams. They play a really good Glenwood team that improved throughout the year. Played them twice, um, so it's always hard to to beat a team by more points the second time you see them. Uh, but what they do, they through the air, um, they they're they're deadly, and then on the ground they're just as as potent. But what this Carlisle team does is they rely so much on the rushing attack that I believe if you just pack the box, you'll be okay um they have really good running backs uh the really good senior line good senior team um just it's a different beast we talk about the these smaller schools but when you go up into like getting and flirting with some of the good 3a 4a and 5a schools i mean you got your caden proctors you got some guys that are going d1 these lines are huge and there's a reason carlisle rushed this year for 3,453 yards. <laughs> it's because that yeah. offensive line is good. Yeah. Now, is Lewis Central's defensive line good enough to hold up? I don't know. We'll see. I think this game is going to be a, a game to where um, whoever's off our line, whoever wins in the trenches, is going to end up winning the game. Because, you know, Carlisle could come in and take out the the def- defending champs and, and end up winning. and. You know, on the season, they've only lost one game, too. So they've they've put a get together a really good resume, be a really good Newton team, then an Iowa City Liberty team to get here. Um, so anything goes. Um, they also beat a good Norwalk team. I mean, their mm-hmm. schedule is very impressive as well. Yeah. Um, should be one of the, the better matchups, I think, in 4A. I think if uh, whoever wins plays in a really, really talented Xavier team and we could see a matchup again of Lewis Central versus Xavier, I think that would be the matchup wow. everyone's looking yeah. for. Yeah. Uh, it, should, it should be, you know, just a great time down at the, yeah. at the state tournament in, in Iowa. Yep. Going to be fantastic. Um, and then, uh, as Mitch kind of mentioned there, Carlisle and Lewis Central, uh, the winner there will take on the winner of North Scott at 9-2 and two versus, uh, as Mitch mentioned, Xavier, Cedar Rapids Xavier, who's just a tradition-rich program. Um, we're going to switch gears, bounce over to the state of South Dakota. And uh, Elk Point Jefferson, been getting a lot of compliments and you know the you know their bandwagon's filling up really quick here Mitch they've had an outstanding season and uh they literally take on uh you know a dynasty team and I'll let you um fill folks in on what uh EPJ has to contend with so Elk Point Jefferson has a very very good culture that is set up through these seniors 
They're 11 and 0 on the season. Outscore their opponents 50 to, or 529 to 49. Um, I mean, just really putting it on their team. Um, and they've closed six shutouts on the year. Now you go up against a team in winter that over the last 15 years <laughs> have won 156 games and lost 15 times. Averaging out to about one loss a year. Yeah. Six state titles, two runner-ups. Better than Bama. Is it, it is the <laughs> Alabama of South Dakota South football. South Dakota football, yeah. And, and it, the thing is, is I, don't, I mean, Elk Point Jefferson understands what's in front of them. Yeah. And I don't think that they're scared. They're not going out and playing scared. They're no. going out and playing, hey, this is what's in front of us. We're going to handle it just like any other game. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go in and play Husky football. No. And I think this game could be the game of the year in South Dakota. Throw out O'Gorman, throw out Harrisburg, throw out all these. Yeah. This game is a game that everyone's going to want to watch, and they're going to mm-hmm. have to watch at the Dome. It's for a state title. You know, winner's been there, I believe, the last four years straight. Correct. This is Elkhorn Jefferson's first ever. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of, it's going to be a lot of firsts. You know, um, winner's going to be poised when you go down there and, you know, they have to battle adversity. They've been there before. Mm-hmm. you got to wonder if the jitters for the Elk Point Jefferson kids are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the parents are going to be sweating enough. Yeah. You don't need the kids yeah. to, to make any mental mistakes to, to beat a team like that in winter. Mm-hmm. But I think the defense for Elk Point Jefferson all year, we said, had six shutouts. They're good enough to contend with any team, yeah. even, even yeah. the winter team. And that offense – I don't know how many people want to tackle Ben Swatek head on. I don't. I for yeah. sure don't want to tackle him head on. He's had a great season. And in the games that we've seen, when they spread the ball out yeah. and they actually throw it, Noah McDermott throws a hell of a ball. Yeah, he does. Great touch on the ball. He puts it right in his receiver's hands. He distributes the ball. He's not just one guy. I mean, he's got several kids out there that he's worked with uh, receiving-wise throughout the year, and he's comfortable with all of them. And then you on the defensive side, you got guys flying around making yeah. plays. Hunter Gary's yeah. a heck of a – I mean, he's basically a Swiss Army knife. He's just a fast mm-hmm. uh, kid that's able to, to explode. He had a pick six in the game that we saw, and these kids wrap up when they tackle. They make good, hard form hits. They plug their the holes and the gaps and the assignments they need to. They play sound football. It goes back to Coach Terry and everything he's done. And, and just getting in line, and it goes all. I mean, it goes all actually all the way back down to did a lot of these seniors playing peewee football, yeah, and getting better as athletes and friends mm-hmm. together to bring them to this moment. Yep. And I, I think that Elk Point Jefferson has as good of a shot to up knock off the Goliath that is winner mm-hmm. than any other team has ever had. Yeah. And we'll see it come down, you know, at two thirty on Friday down at the Dome in Vermilion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be fun. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of the movie Hoosiers. Oh, absolutely. You know, Hickory High, you know. Or, um, so we'll we'll see what happens. But, uh, hey, they got a community behind them. they got a coaching staff that believes in them and a lot of kids that believe in each other. That's pretty powerful. So uh, best of luck to them. Um, Mitch and I uh, will touch base again uh, when we arrive in Cedar Falls. Uh, watch the website and our Twitter for updates uh, throughout the playoffs in Cedar Falls. And we'd like to once again thank United Bank of Iowa. Uh, the other place, uh, 209 Main Street in Cedar Falls, and our folks back here, Bob Rose Point After, North End Zone, and Westside Pizza. Thanks for listening in, and we'll talk playoffs a little bit later.